start, Milwaukee. Oh, Milwaukee! Oh, you ready? gentlemen welcome back to the dwi podcast my name is pc tony i am your commissioner and the commissioner of the united states of the americas and i am joined as always by the other half of the world's greatest tag team never it's him it is him he's a scientist that's a fact jack that's dpp it's science it's science that's what we do and of course yes the third it is only scientific that we would introduce the third member of this triumphant trifecta of triangular podcasting. He's none other than the phenomenally funky and fresh AJ Belaz. Greetings and salutations, everyone on the interwebs. Uh-oh, you, you all played a quarter. Oh, <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Is he trademarked that yet? I don't think so. Uh, I don't, I'll get I don't the quarter so. ready. I'll get it ready. <laughs> there we go, in the plat jar. <laughs> <laughs> well done well done all right boys we, we got a lot to get to this week um how's everybody feeling how's everybody been doing dp long week there buddy long week long week and continues to be longer hopefully soon enough we'll be we'll be done with this i think i put in uh, a good two weeks worth already in one week so i'm taking next week off fuck it it's my birthday yeah fuck it it's your birthday <laughs> do it aj anything special going on with you uh, day, day 40 inside the dome. Too much cleaning, not enough fun. All work and no play makes AJ a dull boy. Dull boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you got some free video games to play. That is true. I, I'm currently on Uncharted 2. Finished one the day before. And, it, yeah, you guys are right. I, I, I like two a lot more than one so far. So. Yeah, my opinion, that's the best one of the of the series, but... It's definitely all, all in all, a really good story the whole way through. Yeah, I, I really like the flashback thing that they did, where it's oh yeah, the tutorial is you on the train, and then halfway through is oh yeah, now you're on the train. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the train is fun and too. The train is very fun. It's a, it was a good, it's the first one I started with, so it was very interesting introduction. I'm like, what the fuck, this train that just started here. So I, I luckily got lucky in, in figuring out a lot of things fast because I usually don't play video games like that. Before we get into what's on the big show sheet this week, though, I'm glad we started with video games because briefly, uh, DP, you want to give the announcement from WWE 2K? On an interesting note, there will be no WWE 2K video game this year. No WWE game as far as we know at all, which is the first time in 23 years that that's happened. And apparently there's going to be an announcement at 10 Eastern uh, Monday morning. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they say. I know they're they're talking about you know the different companies that Two K works with as far as uh, I think it was Ukes and then Video Game Video Studios or I can't remember the second one, but um, I know they switched companies last year. It may have something to do with that, uh, but who knows? We'll see. Did you play? Did you play the game? I gave it to you. Did you play it at all? I played that one. I went. Yeah, I went through the the storyline part. That was tw- that was that was twenty, right? That was nineteen. Or, well, oh, 20, that was nineteen. Right. Uh, that was nineteen. Yeah. Okay. So twenty was supposedly worse than nineteen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That, I thought nineteen. That, that, I thought nineteen too. What did you think of nineteen though? I hadn't played probably in whew, six seven years. I thought it was pretty decent. Oh, it was all right. You know, I, I just the mechanics and the gameplay that they've kind of switched over to. I'm not. I'm just not a fan of. I guess I don't know. Just because I'm the a fan of the you know old school N64. Well, would any? It's so different. Yeah, I mean, it, is there anybody who could bring back that format that was used like in No Mercy, etc.? THQ, bring them back. Actually, you know, if you're. I don't know if it's for consoles at all anymore, but Fire Pro Wrestling, if you haven't played that, they have it for the PC. It's on Steam for sure. That is very similar to uh, the old N64 style. It's a lot of fun, Just and you can get ridiculously good at uh, characterization, especially if you play it on the computer. There's so many people that created, like, literally everybody. You can go download them. You don't even have to create them yourself. And there's just a little less... It's more just straight to the wrestling there's 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 a little bit of an entrance and stuff like that but there's not really storylines or anything but like it's very uh open in creativity of you can create stables you can create which guys are good guys and bad guys and move them around so there's some flexibility in that one but that's about as close as you're going to get nowadays interesting well hopefully they can go back to some form of that and maybe integrate back into what they were doing all right gentlemen Let's get into it. DPP, let's find out what's happening this week on the podcast known as DWI. Well, well we're waiting. Beautiful. You guys are like angels. This week on the podcast known as DWI, little Triple H, Greek Maverick is still hanging around. We're going to talk about the final four for the TNT championship. Yes, we're going to talk about impact. We're also going to talk some NWA. And we're going to get into the Tampa Bay Gronkineers and a last call that people either love or hate. DPP, ring the bell. Oh, in my ears, but don't change it. It's fine. I just can't hear it anymore. Just waking you up. (laughs) As we record a couple hours before SmackDown on Fox, we are going to talk a little bit about the upcoming Triple H 25-year celebration. It's funny. Boy, I forget who it was that tweeted it out. Oh, Lance Storm. They showed, like, the top 25 Triple H pedigrees in WWE. And Lance Storm's like, you need to redo this. 24 of them are from WWE and one's from WCW. <laughs> Is it really? <laughs> That's I don't know. I didn't go through to watch them all, but I believe Lance Storm. If I have to be serious for a minute. Uh, 
real brief around the if horn. If I can be serious else. for a minute. There you go. Real brief around the horn. Thoughts on Triple H, 25-year career, you know, uh, how much of a fan are you? What, what's your favorite moments? What are you most impressed with he's, what he's doing now? AJ, if you want to start us off, go ahead. So, as everyone knows, I used to be the WCW kid thanks to my brother, but when I got around to WWE, Triple H was always a good watch. He was always the perfect heel, the the stereotypical jerk that everyone loves to hate. If you booed him, you were, you were doing the right thing. And just everything he did was perfect where it came to being that pompous jerk when it came to evolution uh, to the the degenerate that he was when he uh, partnered with Shawn Michaels for the first time as his insurance policy but there's so much good things that you can say about Triple H that people have said millions of times over where he's bringing the new stars in NXT he's grooming them perfectly and he might not be the heir to the throne anymore, but he's making amazing grounds for WWE with uh, everything that he's doing. Yeah, you know, who'd have thought that a storyline where he drugged triple, uh, drugged uh, Stephanie McMahon and married her through a drive-thru would have turned into a real love story. I mean, it was amazing. And look at where he is now. Now he's running NXT. He's doing an awesome job. I mean, uh, Triple H has been awesome, like you said, you know, from being to Generation X and, and that whole thing and the, the whole feud with WCW, you know, on who was the better faction, NWO or, or Degeneration X, and, you know, his rise from there into be it starting Evolution, he was always, you know, as much as they cheered a bit for, for DX, he was always the ultimate heel. He was always better as the heel for the few times he was a babyface. He just, he has that, he just that natural ability to just piss people off and that ability on the mic to just make you mad and, and to get you excited for whatever match he's in and just want to see, you want to see him get his ass, ass kicked. It's, he was, he's awesome. He's absolutely amazing. And to what he's doing now with being able to, you know, take NXT under his wing and, and build it up to what it is now. I mean, between a, a ridiculously amazing wrestling career to being a corporate executive now and running the, you know, almost running the business to a sense for part of it is absolutely amazing. Yeah, I think it's funny. <clears throat> As time goes on, an NXT brand proves more and more such a valuable piece of WWE. I think he's going to be remembered more for that and for less of being a wrestler, which is okay. And it's funny because of all the people he's worked with and everything and where he's come from. He's always kind of was second fiddle, but at the same time, without him, could you imagine not having him as a heel in the 2000s and early 2010s? I mean, the guy pretty he, – he's like the second coming of Undertaker for Vince and the fact that he's just been there and been able to work, you know, and he transitioned into what the Undertaker's transitioned to now, a part-time guy, but think of all the time he spent full-time. I mean, like he was full-time from when he got there until what, maybe – Four years ago, five years ago, even though he didn't wrestle, he was still on TV all the time. He was still there, right? So one of the best talkers of all time, one of the best gimmicks of all time. I guess the two things I remember most is the wedding with Stephanie. You take him. Yeah, yes, I do. 
you know, and everything with the, you know, and so and that and DP and I were there when he came back um, in the jean jacket. That was what was that Labor Day? Yeah. Well, and that was pretty fun. Yeah. That's when he came back from the uh, the quad, quad injury. injury. We were actually, yeah, we were actually there for that. I believe it was a raw. It was Labor Day, so yeah. The cookout, there was a cookout first, and then we went to Raw. That's right. <laughs> Remember that. So, yep, that was a hell of a Labor Day. But those are kind of my memories of Triple H. Um, should be interesting to see what they do tonight. I know they've been trying to do a lot more stuff like this and playing, like, other things that you've already seen before. Just because they don't want to wear you out with these matches with no fans, you know. I get that. And I heard more cinematic matches are on the way. Um, another change that happened this year was two-night WrestleMania. Now, DP, you brought this up and thought it was really interesting. Uh, Triple H had some comments on that. Yeah, after, you know, this uh, whole WrestleMania ended up happening, you know, accidentally, really, and unfortunately, you know, he pretty much kind of stated, you know, sometimes, you know, good things or, or good ideas can happen out of, you know, bad circumstances and stuff like that. And, you know, he actually thought that it's maybe not that bad of an idea moving forward to have a two-day WrestleMania um, mentioning, you know, eight hours is, is a bit of a grind for a lot of people and things like that. And, you know, it's basically a week, a whole week event anyway, you know, much like, you know, the Super Bowl, you know, you have, you know, you have the Hall of Fame on Thursday, you have SmackDown on Friday, then you have NXT on Saturday, WrestleMania some, Sunday, Raw on Monday. It's, it tur- it's turning into a whole week event already. And, you know, the possibility of making the actual WrestleMania event itself two days is, is not out of the realm moving forward, which is, you know, I know we all have our own opinions on that and some people like it. Some people don't. I, I kind of do like it. I'd, I'd hope they, if they were going to do it, they would get rid of basically get rid of NXT takeover and, you know, incorporate that into the WrestleMania. So your NXT, you know, matches are part of WrestleMania themselves itself. Cause if you were talking about NXT being, an equal brand or close to it, then they should be the part of the biggest show of the year. So I like the idea if they're, if they're going to go that route, I'm, I, I would be a big fan. I can see the negative where you're buying tickets to WrestleMania. You may not see a WWE title match because you bought tickets for the Sunday show and not the Saturday show or stuff like that, where you're going to miss out on some of the guys you wanted to see. At, that's usually there at WrestleMania. If you don't get to see the undertaker or, you know, triple H, like I said, some of the, you know, the part-timers, they may not be on the show that you bought tickets for, so it could be an issue unless, you know, when you buy a ticket for the whole weekend or something, I'm not sure how that would work, but it's, you know, I like the idea with some caveats. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the idea with WrestleMania being two days because uh, I believe, I could be wrong on this, I might get scolded later by someone else. But uh, Wrestle Kingdom also did the same thing where it was two days <laughs> uh, where, you know, that was perfectly done where they did the double championship for the main event. Um, WWE, I could see doing different things since they have both the World Heavyweight WWE and the Universal Championship where, you know, day one is that's defended, day two is that's defended, and they announced it beforehand. But the day two was greatly done like i i have no complaints and i agree that having an eight nine hour show including pre-show is tedious beyond anything especially trying to watch it (laughs) 
but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, since NXT basically won Survivor Series last year, I can see it being its own thing, being integrated into the WrestleMania shows, just like you said, DP. And then, hey, we, we might actually see the NXT title defended on uh, WrestleMania. So, <clears throat> I'm not for any of this. <laughs> give me my Hall of Fame on Friday. Give me my NXT on Saturday. Give me my WrestleMania on Sunday. You know, if you want to have WrestleMania be an hour pre-show and a four-hour show, great. We want the Royal Rumble and Survivor Series and SummerSlam to be the same thing, great. Every other pay-per-view, including Money in the Bank, should have an hour pre-show and barely come close to finishing the three hours that are, is allotted for it. There needs to be less matches. Matches be, need to be given more time to tell, tell a story at the end or a pivotal point in a storyline. I think you let everybody on all these pay-per-views, they're not special. They're just, let's get everybody paid. Like, let's get rid of all the pay-per-views then and just have six of them and then do monthly things like Saturday night, whatever. And you'll get more people watching them on Saturday nights then. Then you can have everybody and their mother wrestle on that one. You can make it 13 hours, have it all day Saturday. Who gives a shit? But when you put everybody on the pay-per-view, it doesn't make it special. There's nobody that's special. You wonder why you have a problem building stars? Because everybody's the same. Nobody's special. Right? If you had, what? how many titles are there? Eight? If you had four or five title matches and two other matches, do you know how important those other two matches would look if they were the only two non-title matches on the card? You know how important you could push storylines like that? I mean, I'm not counting NXT, by the way, there, sir. Oh, okay. So, so I'm gonna remove three of them. Uh, yeah. Better start using your teeth to count. Fine. Don't take off your shoes. No, leave your shoes on. Leave your shoes on. I know we're over the Skype, but I bet you I can still smell them. <laughs> I don't know. Those are my thoughts. Should we should we move on to topic two? Uh, that's why I said we had varying opinions because I knew. <laughs> I've said all these things before. I know. <laughs> and let's get rid of all, all right. the titles too. <laughs> oh, not all of them, but everybody's special. No world champions. Nobody wants to hear my thoughts on the title structure. Everybody knows already <laughs> what my thoughts are on that. We don't need to get back into that again. All right, Drake Maverick. He's still hanging around, right? He's still there. I know it's kind of a round robin thing they're doing. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes, it yes. is. Around. And and so he lost his first match, though. He did. Okay. So if he loses another match, he's pretty much done, right? I think so. I think I think it's. I mean, I guess I don't know, but it, it's exactly how it's working. But it's kind of like structured, like the, uh, you know, the World Cup. You're set. You put in different divisions and groups, and then you're you have your matches. That's what I'm saying. But if he has two losses already to start in his group, he's probably not going to advance. Pretty much out. Yeah. Did they do four groups of four and narrow it down to an eight-person tournament from there, or is that what they're doing? No, it's four people on two sides, group A and group B. Oh, so it's top two come out, I bet, then. Yeah. Chuck Woolery. Two and two. two, and two. Well, you would imagine if there's four in a group and he lo- loses two times, he's not going to make it. Pretty much. Probably not. I think there's, yeah, it seems like they're building, based on what they're building towards, I think Kushida's going to end up winning that, that group. You know, but it's just interesting that 
Drake Maverick's still around. He's obviously still having matches. They're still making a big deal talking about him on television when he's supposedly not under contract anymore. And my guess is he's going to, you know, win his next match and then go up against, like, Kushida where he could win and get in or he loses and he's done kind of kind of thing. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what they're going to do just because they've, they seem to be making a big deal out of it even though everybody in the world knows he's gone. So is he really gone? Are they making this actually a storyline? I know I kind of mentioned it last week that it would be interesting if he actually won this whole thing and they keep talking about it like maybe he's not done. I don't know. I don't know what your feelings on that are, AJ. I mean, I I like the fact how on NXT they actually transitioned into... Uh, if, if people have seen this last week, taken off like a, a giant storm of Drake Maverick unemployed and all that, basically. And I love how they turned it into a storyline. Like they actually made it so it was like do or die. You need to win this to get your contract back. I mean, when he lost to uh, Jake Atlas on NXT this week, he was just like, "I needed this." He said that in the ring while wrestling him. He was like, "I needed this." And then he lost, and then it was like, Atlas was like, ah, I really wanted him to win. And they cut to him, like, uh, they cut to Drake, like, later on in the show. And it's like, no, he's a good competitor. I just, I uh, I, I need to get my head in the game. So I, I like the fact that they're making that into a storyline. But I'm under the same impression as everyone else, where this is pretty much Kushida's tournament to win. And we might see Drake Maverick again, where he just is pissed off at Kushida for losing to him or something like that and it's just like no I'm the next competitor I still have a contract screw you so I got the groups for you group A is Kushida, Drake Maverick, Tony Nese and Jake Atlas group B is Isaiah Scott um, Phantasma, Tazawa and Gallagher and it seems like Phantasma uh, and Kushida are kind of the ones they're talking about are going to be in the finals here for this thing, but and you know it's interesting. It's just interesting how they're doing this whole thing. Yeah, I would imagine the way they're doing it is that the top two people in each group are going to make it into the tournament, and the winner of Group A will face second place in Group B, and vice versa, and that'll be your semifinals, probably on a, some kind of special. That is something I'm really interested in. Now um, I may actually start watching that. I really like what they did there. I wish they could have pulled eight more guys. They could have made it last even longer. Could have made it really important. Could have pulled some people that are cruiserweight worthy from the main brand. Let's face it, folks. NXT and 205 are still minor leagues compared to Raw and SmackDown. If you're at, if you're in NXT or you're 205 strictly, you know 205 Live strictly roster wise, you're dying to get onto Raw or SmackDown. Everybody but Tommaso Ciampa. Thanks. You're not wrong. Yes. No. Do you I, disagree I, with that? Not wrong whatsoever. I, I just. I, I don't know. You're making more money. You know that. That's true. Mm, that, no, no argument there. That's accurate. All right. Let's do this real quick. Where did I put this? Crickets. Bear with me. Crickets. Bear with me, folks. This isn't the first time. There it is. Let's have a, a real quick addition to finish this topic. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like, 
your opinion, man. Yes or no? Not does Drake Maverick win this tournament, but yes or no, does Drake Maverick stay with the WWE further? Does this end up turning him to him remaining and getting a new contract with WWE? Because right now he was let go. His contract is, is not there. And he's just getting paid by appearance. Who's first? DP? Yes or no, DP? No, brother. AJ? I don't think he wins this, but I think he comes back. I say in some form or fashion, Drake Maverick will continue to be a WWE employee. I think he's too important. I think he's, he's too good at doing too many things. So you guys have to say yes or no. Sorry, I get to talk too much. Tomorrow. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like... Uh, <laughs> DP didn't like that. Your opinion, man. Yeah, well, yeah, just because it's like your segment, man. <laughs> <laughs> and DP uh, turns into the dude this week. Oh, yeah, there it is. I'm not drinking, no, you know. I don't have the right drink. But there is a beverage involved, dude. Nothing wrong with that. All right. On that note, brother, let's uh, take a commercial break, dude. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thecheshop.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thecheshop.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Amber, don't think I forgot, though, that you don't appreciate Orange Cassidy. Don't think I won't, you know, I'm going to let DP and AJ in on the little story. Platt went up to her with his hands in his pockets and did the old shin kicks, and she she legit punched him in the chest. (laughs) Wow. She's not a freshly squeezed fan, apparently. So, on that note, (laughs) a little shoot from the Pot is War podcast. Check that out right there at thecheershot.com. You can also check out Bandwagon Nerds. Great um, comics, movies, everything over there. Video games. We're in the middle of uh, top 50 video games. We're going to have an actual former Sony employee from the video game division on the show uh, that'll be on Tuesday on thecheershot.com. So make sure you check that out. We're also covering Lock and Key there, I think. Um, I just mentioned Pot is War. Make sure you check out Chairshot Radio, Greg DeMarco, Miranda, Patrick O'Dowd. Make sure you check out hashtag Miranda Show, uh, Badlands, Mount Rushmore's, The Outsiders. Who am I missing? Of course, Big Dave, Attitude of Aggression. The reaction we got right there on Chairshot Radio Network. Uh, Greg DeMarco Show, Redux is out there now. Who else? Did I miss anybody here? I think, I th- I think that's it. All right. Well, make sure you go over to thechairshot.com and prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot for plenty of cool chair shot shirts. Now, I brought up Orange Cassidy. Let's talk a little AEW. Um, boy, I put this together the other day. What do you guys think of this? I'll, I'll debut. This is going to be our soundbite for we always do the Wednesday Night War. I haven't added it to my files, but I put it all together yesterday. Now I think if I just bring it in here. Have you guys been watching? Did you watch AEW this week? Have you guys been watching AEW consistently? DP, I know, AJ, you generally are watching uh, NXT, right? Yeah, Andrew and I flip-flop between AEW and NXT, so I, I did catch some of AEW. I actually, got, I actually did have it on in the background during my working marathon on Wednesday, but I got to see uh, the Dustin match and Little Orange Cassidy. That was fun. 
What has been you guys' favorite parts of AEW before I get into playing this and we get into the main thing we want to talk about? Let me tell you right now, Chris Jericho on commentary is phenomenal. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Oh, Welcome fuck. to DWI Podcast. DP and I agree on everything. <laughs> we'll, make, we'll make it a three because hey. I, I love Jericho and Shivone or whatever Shivone. Jericho called Skyvon. Skyvon. All right. God. Let's talk. Let's talk some AEW, gentlemen. This is for the war, though. There you go, gentlemen. So make sure you check out Pot is War. That's always a segment where we do NXT and AEW. Thought I'd share that with you guys. Hope you liked it. Hope the fans here on DWI liked it. But today, the topic about AEW is we're down to the final four of that brand new TNT championship, which I think is going to be really important for them. I think it's going to help them uh, like the Intercontinental Championship used to with WWE, where it's going to actually bring you the next guy that's going to step up the challenge for the title. Whereas right now, those secondary titles, they don't mean a whole hell of a lot in WWE. Let's get to it. On one side, Cody Rhodes is going to be taking on Darby Allin. On the other side... Dustin Rhodes is going to be taking on Lance Archer. AJ, which match are you looking forward to more as a wrestling match? As a wrestling match? I, I'm i really interested to see Cody and Darby. For those that don't know, not this week's AEW, but last week's or the week before, one of the Dynamites. The main event was Darby and Cody were in a tag match where they lost to Sammy and... I believe Cody's opponent, which is I'm blanking on. Regardless, it was a tag match where they lost, and Darby got so frustrated at Cody that he actually decked him in the middle of the ring. So with with that little bit of confliction, in the final four, where Darby actually like showed his anger, his aggression towards Cody. Th- that might play a little bit in the uh, in the final four match into the finals for the TNT championship. Well, that's the, I guess the only, guess saving grace to having Darby Allen win that match because it seemed like, you know, Cody versus Sammy Guevara would would have been the better match of the kind of babyface heel dynamic. But with that having happened, you know, two weeks ago, it gives this a little more, you know, a little more juice to this match, and there's a reason why they are going to go after each other and everything. So. It's definitely wrestling wise should be the more fun match wrestling wise. I mean, but Dustin and, and Archer should be a fucking awesome physical match. You got two big dudes in there. You got a great worker in Dustin, you know, who just came off a match where he was basically saying he was going to retire if he didn't win. I don't know if he's going to obviously do that again because I don't see him winning this whole tournament. So it's probably the only time he's going to do that. But he can make Archer look just even more awesome you know in this match and elevate him even another step further as he goes on because i assume I, I my feeling is that he's going to win this whole thing and be your first you know tnt champion but he's just going to be i think dustin's a guy who can make everybody look like a star and he's just going to help elevate archer so much more 
Yeah, I got Archer winning this thing. I think it's going to be great to get him over by beating Okabana, by beating Dustin Rhodes, by beating Cody Rhodes, right? I mean, those are three really credible guys in the business. Those are three guys that can get in the ring and have really good matches. I really enjoyed the match that Archer and Cabana had, but I've high-fived Cole Cabana with a mannequin arm before. So, you know, that's just me. Boom, boom. You know, if it's not Archer, I like Dustin, though, more than Allen or Cody because, I don't know, you could play that whole retirement thing. Maybe he's ready to retire. Maybe he wins this and he defends it until he loses it, and that's when he retires. That'd be a really cool thing to see, right? Um, but back to DP's point, I think the big thing here is Dustin's going to make Archer look like a million bucks. They're going to have a hell of a match doing it, and that's why I'm looking forward to that match more. Cody and Darby are going to have a really good match. They they just have really good chemistry together, uh, whatever they do as far as professional wrestling goes when they're out there together. So, you know, Cody's the number one stud there. He doesn't need really anything here, but to make Darby Allen look good, unfortunately, take the win from him. But in doing so, put an archer over just like his brother's going to do. That, that's my opinion on it, man. So. <laughs> I'm really hoping they do what, what you mentioned with this, with this TNT title. You know, this is going to be their secondary title, which is going to be really, really good for them. And like you said, it's going to help that those mid-card, that mid-level group, these guys that you, you know, they're doing a really good job while, you know, while we're in this quarantine thing of doing some more videos, helping you understand who these people are and, and getting invested in them. Like we mentioned that they really need to do to get this thing off and running. I think they're doing a great job with it now, now that they have the time, especially. Um, but this just adds another layer, you know, it adds that ability for these guys who aren't at that top level yet to have a title to, sh to go for make some of these matches more important. And like you said, I hope it, it's kind of that that tier for that jumping point to get to that next level. Once they, they get to this title, they find, once they finally kind of drop it, they're moving up and being that champion like they did so many times in WWF with, you know, Ultimate Warrior and Macho Man and, you know, all those guys. They worked their way up. It's Shawn Michaels. You know, you won the... Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, the Rock the Triple H, Triple H. H. Yep. Name John him. Cena with the U.S. title. You can yep. go on forever. Edge. Mm -hmm. That's Randy what you Orton. need to do. You know, give them that... Get them there. Defend that for a while. And then finally, you move them up to the, to the top level. I, I love it. I hope they do that. Everybody but Scott Hall. That's <laughs> true. Ouch. And Jake Roberts, but Jake Roberts, notably, in a very famous conversation we've had, said, keep the title. Give me the money. That's all that matters. That was the working title of his book until it wasn't. <laughs> all right, gentlemen, let's slide on over to another wrestling federation. And boy, oh boy, I bet you I even got something for you here. You guys can just riff for a second. I would really appreciate it. Riff. Oh, boy. Oh, here? boy. I'm, I'm wondering what, what company you're going to be talking about right here. If it's the one that I'm thinking, I, I'd be surprised if you had something for it. Yeah. Well, you know, you dig, you dig deep into your bag of tricks, you'd be surprised. I mean... Hoping I just named this wrong when I recorded it. <laughs> Everything that has a beginning must come to an end. On April 22nd, who will seize the opportunity? 
have redemption. Let's do it. Oh, this is for redemption. That's not going to work. I mean, you were a day off. But yes, yes. Impact's Rebellion, because it was the 22nd. Some people might think I did that on purpose. Possible. I don't know. Here's how I like to do this other times I have to talk about Impact. And DP, I hope that you and Andrew enjoy each other's company because Impact, you guys talk about it. <laughs> and again, you called me Andrew. Ah, ah damn it. Geez. It's right underneath your face. It's underneath your face. I've heard this it's crap. right there. Damn it. <laughs> damn it. I'm gonna put it, I'm gonna get a piece of tape to put on my screen <laughs> while you're on there. Little sticky note. The younger one is AJ. I know who you are. Get a sharpie. Trust me. I te- I've never texted him when I meant to text you. I mean, that's fair. At least, at least you have that different. <laughs> but yes, uh, TNA is kind of doing their rendition of the two-day event of their one of their bigger shows, where they're doing it. Day one was this Tuesday, and day two is going to be next Tuesday with Rebellion. Uh, it It's going to be a little interesting, because the triple threat main event match was going to be Eddie Edwards, Michael Elgin, and Tessa Blanchard for the World's Heavyweight Championship. What? And only Elgin's there. And only Elgin's there. Eddie, I don't... Eddie did a reply, or Tessa, one of the two, did a reply. Not 100% sure on it. But Elgin was the only one that was available at Rebellion, and he really cut into both of them where it's... They're just scared. That's why they're hiding. They they're, they're, they know that the unbreakable Michael Elgin's going to break the streak of Tessa and, and destroy Eddie again for the final time and finally become the world champion in TNA. And it also had other great matches, like the cinematic match be- uh, between Sammy Callahan and Ken Shamrock. Willie Mack finally getting the X Division. I heard that match was pretty good, actually. It was. It really I'm gonna was. Have to check that. I'm going to have to check that out. Um, I'm looking forward to them getting that belt. Tessa still has the belt, right? Correct. Tessa's still and the look- champion. I'm looking forward to them getting the belt off of her and furthering their heavyweight title division. No offense. Nothing misogynistic at all. It's just I don't. I've given my thought on this before, and I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole again. The second thing I'm looking forward to is when Tessa finally leaves Impact and goes to WWE and gets in the ring with the people she belongs to be in the ring with: Sasha Banks, Charlotte Flair, Shayna Baszler, people like that in WWE. Bianca Belair, dude, I'm waiting for her to blow the f up. She can wrestle. She's got a great character going as well. They're going to be better off once the men's division goes back to the men's division and Tessa Blanchard, it's going to be hard for them to integrate her back into their women's division. How do you do that after you have someone who's the world champion, you have a woman who's the world champion? It's tough to do. In the women's division that should be able to touch her. And maybe that's what they do. You know, that could be an option, too. You know, you go back in there and you just destroy everybody and until you have somebody that's ready to come in. And once that actually beats her, it makes it a big deal. I don't know. That's I mean, trying. it's possible. 
I know it's not a hugely popular opinion on it, but that's just kind of how I feel. I believe women should get everything that men should get, but I don't think you should combine men and women in wrestling divisions unless you're doing a mixed tag division. That's just my thought on it. As far as suspension of disbelief goes for me, that's the way it goes. I get the indie wrestling situation with the smaller the companies you get, the more that that happens, right? Um, and I'm okay, I'm more okay with it there, I guess. But, like, it's just something you don't need to do at this high level it, it, as far as the believability you're trying to do. You're not going to see AEW doing it, really. They, they give you the record of the people that are coming out on, on, on the screen. I mean, that's more – they're trying to be more legit than anything. Yeah, you're not wrong. I, I'm I'm not disputing the fact of the the division split and having Tessa being the world champion. It's a breath of fresh air. It's something different. It gives them a little bit of airwave, other than hey, we're not TNA anymore. We're we're actually doing good. But um, I guess it's either it's good for the short term. It hurts you for the long term, unless you can rely on the ability of your audience to completely dismiss what has happened for the last six months or so. Right. I mean, that's kind of what they're counting on. What else is going on in impact? Is there anything else we should know about? What's the next big storyline going on over there? Ah, uh, well, Sammy being the hacker man and getting rid of the let, well, not getting rid of, but trying to attack the legacy of Ken Shamrock. Like he's, like you said, it, you heard it was a good match, and it was. It was the cinematic matches that TNA started and everyone else is now doing in wrestling where it threw a really good story where uh, Sammy's group OVE, you know, trying to help them in Sammy on his little power trip because he, he got rid of the very first Impact TNA World's Champion and Ken Shamrock. He's fighting him. I can do this on my own. And um, also Willie Mack finally getting a singles title within the company. So that's always a good watch. He's really good for one of the bigger men. Almost like the, uh, the new Samoa Joe for Impact, per se. DP, any last thoughts on Impact over there? Is Bobby Lashley still in Impact? Oh my god, he's in WWE. Oh my gosh. He should be. Right. He should still be an impact. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> he should be walking Armageddon. I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> they, they booked him right there. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, let's slide it on over to another company that I actually want to talk about. And I want to let AJ <laughs> go ahead and introduce this topic because he is the number one guy for your NWA coverage right there on the chairshot.com. He does a funky fresh, phenomenal job of, of covering them and giving you his opinion on what's going on. Clue everybody in on what exactly we're going to be talking about tonight. So what we are going to be talking about within the NWA is the women's division. I know that probably sours a couple of people, but the current NWA women's champion, a friend of the show and friend of the company, uh, for the chair shot, Thunder Rosa, is the current NWA Women's Champion, and she now has a new competition in front of her with Nick Aldis's insurance policy manager, whatever you want to call her, Camille. So Camille, the last live taping that they had before they had to cut everything due to COVID, she 
cut down Allison Kay with a spear, stared down Thunder Rosa, basically saying, I'm coming for your title. Now, the special thing, the mystique around Camille is she hasn't said a word on NWA. Joe Galley tries his best to interview her, and she just doesn't say a word, or Nick all this cuts in. It's like, she doesn't have to say a thing to you. She she can talk on her own. She can do everything. So this week on NWA Superpower, is what they're calling it for this week, was not only her debut match within NWA, but we finally get to hear her speak, where she actually poses an intimidating threat where she just proves that she is the unstoppable athlete that she is. She's the powerhouse and she's not going to stop until she dominates and ends the division within the NWA women. I love that. I love that type of character. That's, you know, that's the way about you know, coming in as a bodyguard. That's exactly the way you should be. You know, you're not saying anything. You're not supposed to say anything. You're supposed to stand there, look intimidating and, you know, take care of, uh, guard guard the body, right? And that's what she did. And, and, you know, looking at her, and she's a, you know, big fucking girl and built and ripped, and then coming out and, and finally getting to wrestle and showing that, yeah, I could kick the shit out of anybody, and you're going to watch me do it, and there's nothing you can do about it. And that can, that's going to make for an awesome match with her and Thunder Rosa for the title. You know, she can just powerhouse through everybody, you know, whether she wins it or not. But, you know, they could they could drag this on for a while if they want to, you know, by having her just be that, you know, dominating person who, you know, maybe gets ends up getting like a disqualification in some sorts because she's just, you know, too out of control and, you know, just wants to beat the crap out of out of Thunder Rosa and, you know, drag it on a little further until they have some big, you know, send off match or something. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is... God damn it, that didn't fucking work for me. I think it works. Where did I put that in that <laughs> thing? I thought it opened with her theme music. Her theme music is in there somewhere. <laughs> Let's find out where it is. TheChairShot.com. I did an Always interview with Thunder Rosa. Use your head. Ladies is it after I introduced the interview? I think so. Me as your commissioner, yeah, that's I am me. joined today by DPP, also yeah. from the DWI podcast. That's the guy on this you show. Also recognize me. me from Pod Is War. I'm Make on that show. Go to thechairshot.com. Make sure you mm-hmm. head on over to prowrestlingtees.com. Look at dude, I'm fucking the shows. The chair shot. And now I, sit back. Come on, relax. Yeah. Listen to our here we go. Thunder Rosa, lot for Thunder Rosa's theme, but here it is. Only Thunder Rosa. Here it is. It's worth it now. I will never pull for anybody but her. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> there you have it. Do you think this is going to be the end of her title reign, AJ? Do I think that this is going to be the end? I'm not 100% sure. Because uh, Rosa is 
kind of in a stable with um, Marty Bell and Molina. So maybe Molina still thinks that she should be women's champion and she might stick her nose in it. So is it a threat? Yes. Is it a threat in the shortcomings? Not 100% sure. All right, folks, before we move on, that was actually a soundbite from the beginning of the interview I did with Thunder Rosa that aired on thechairshot.com on January 31st of this year. So if you go back to the thechairshot.com archives and you want to hear a little bit about Thunder Rosa and her reinventing her character in NWA and becoming the champion, her also her MMA career that started and everything else she's got going on in her life, she is just a pleasure to talk to. Uh, she's been a friend of the show for a long time, so always thrilled. Follow her on social media as well. Her Twitter account is awesome. She's always doing different things to help people out. Um, she's got a lot of cool gear for sale as well. So make sure you go ahead and check out Thunderosa. While we are on the topic of her, I wanted to plug her because she's always been great to us. And uh, go back and check out that interview right there on thechairshot.com. Now that we got all the plugs out of the way, I didn't even know that was coming. That was really awesome. I mean, that all happened at once. Um, yeah. It's time to talk a little NFL, gentlemen. Um, how you feeling? NFL draft last night? But before we get to that, we're going to talk a little Gronk. The Tampa Bay Gronkineers. That's right. If you're an NFL fan and you're watching NFL on Fox, you damn well bet you a majority of their national games this year are going to feature none other than the Belaz brothers' favorite team, the Tampa Bay Gronkineers. Oh, I won't, I won't ruin your orgasm like I did your brothers on Pot is War. I'm going to let you talk first. Yeah, that's right. I porn hubbed it. Oh. You're over there draped in your in your. Yeah, you guys smile. You can't smile and say you at the same time. Me? You're over there. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. You're over there draped in your Tampa Bay attire, AJ. Give me your thoughts and expectations for this year. See, I I thought Brady joining would be like, okay, that's that's pretty good. I, I like it. It's Brady. You can't go wrong with the quite possibly the greatest, definitely one of the greatest players. But I, I thought, I'm like, okay, th- this is fine. Gronk coming out of retirement just to play with him? Uh, oh, okay. I, I see the ring chasers. I, I see people wanting to do stuff. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Pat McAfee, and I heard on his podcast that he does that he's kicking balls again. He, he's doing punting in his backyard after hearing this announcement. So I'm like, how many people are actually going to break out of retirement just for this team? W- will I see a ring after 18 years? I heard El Del Greco Wait. was coming out of retirement too. Oh, greatest player ever. <laughs> this week at number two, El Del Greco. I can't go on. <laughs> Some of the greatest commercials ever. I, I don't know. I... I'm having a hard time buying Tampa Bay, even with these additions. And I'm not saying because I think that Tom and Gronk aren't going to play well, to be honest with you. I just don't think that whatever is going on there 
is going to be cured by a 40-something-year-old quarterback and a tight end who's been gone for a year. I understand they still have other weapons there. They have they have no running backs. Trust me, I've had a majority of them on my fantasy fucking football team for the last five years just because I've been strong in other I'm positions. I am well aware. Ugh. And listen, I get the defense is solid, but your defense is going to be solid when the offense is up by 15 in the second way through the third quarter and they start running three yards to run down the clock and punt half the time. And your quarterback takes up a lot of time until he throws an interception on the other half of that drive on the other side of the ball. So there's a lot of things. There's a good coach. There's a good quarterback. There's a guy who's very talented at tight end and wide receivers. Uh, I think who else did they get? Didn't they draft CD lamb as well? No, I think CD lamb went to the Cowboys. I'm thinking of it already had two good wide receivers to draft in the third. Receiver. My bad. We're going to get to that shortly. But, DP, what do you think? Do you see how far – where do they, where does Tampa Bay Buccaneers' last loss come this next season, if there's a season? Where does their last loss come? Oh, it's, it's – I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it's I, – I, I don't even know the schedule, so don't even ask me. No, no, no. That's a, just a different way of asking how far will they get in the season? How far will they get in the playoffs? Oh, oh, their last come, will their last loss come in the regular season because they're going to win the Super Bowl? Will their last loss come in the regular season because they're not going to make the playoffs? Or will their last loss come in the second round of the, of the playoffs? Their last loss will come week 16. I don't see them making the playoffs. I just don't yet because – for a lot of the reasons you said, you know, they, they don't have everything in there yet. Their offensive lines, you know, you need still need an offensive line that's going to work well, that knows how to protect Tommy. He can't, he's not mobile. He ain't going to be able to move around. So you need to, you need to scheme for that. I know. Yeah. They definitely have, you know, some good coaching there and everything, but it takes time for these, for guys to get used to each other. Uh, you know, and Tom hasn't played with any of these guys yet. This is a whole new, somewhat of a whole new offense, even though he's kind of had this offense a little bit, but it's a new place. It's a new offense. It's, it's, you know, a whole new set of teams you're playing against that you got to play a scheme against, you know, everything's new. Everything's new to to Brady. It's not going to be the same. He's going to need time to get comfortable. And I think hopefully if he's sticking around for more than a year or two, uh, you know, I could see next year things being really good but I, I feel like especially with everything going on now where you're losing a lot of time getting used to these guys and being able to play with them and get some practice in this it's just not going to happen this year as my you know in my opinion aj i want you to, to respond to all of what dp and i have said but before you do i, I do want to go on the other side of it first and say that between evans and godwin and who's who's the um Adam, there's another. Who's the other third receiver? No, no, no. Humphreys, Humphreys isn't on the Titans now. He's gone. You mean the Buccaneers? He's on the Titans. Yeah. Is per- is Perriman coming back or no? I think Perriman's in free agency. I could okay. be wrong though. So they lost those two guys, but then you add in Gronk, and you get still got Howard and Bray, right? Correct. So far, yeah. I can see a lot of. I can see a lot of two tight end sets. This is the best group of weapons Brady has had in a long time. Oh yeah, and, and we're gonna go nineteen and oh, no, fuck that. I'm not. No, I'm I'm not piping that hard. 
<laughs> I'm even agreeing with that. Like, no, nah, no, nah, I don't. I don't see Super Bowl right away. Playoffs, maybe. the The Falcons are still the Falcons. Come, come on, we get to relive twenty eight to three and freaking twice a year. That 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 will always make me laugh. And the Panthers just got a new quarterback, and they they don't really have that many pieces, so they might fall apart. I see the Bucks making it to maybe the wild card, maybe pulling a rabbit out of the hat and winning that, but not much farther. That that's coming from the Bucks fan that I don't see him going super far. I mean, you still have the Packers, the Vikings, the Seahawks, the Niners, the Saints, not to mention the Rams, not to mention whoever comes out of the, you know, the Eastern Conference, whether the Eagles get better or the Cowboys get better or whatever else happens there. So there's a lot of teams out there that have a lot of talent that is, if not better, very comparable to what Tampa has there. So let's talk a little bit more NFL and let's make it our last call. Let's go. What's everybody drinking tonight? I'm back to the old favorite Voodoo Ranger. Nice. I'm uh, I got my normal, my new usual, the Becky special. Oh, there you go, <laughs> Becky. Two drinks. AJ. In uh, in honor of Triple H's 25 year anniversary, I thought I'd be a little bit of a degenerate and uh, have some Jaeger bombs. Ooh, good for you. I used to have a lot of Jaeger bombs. I got a great story, too. I was doing a bunch of Jaeger bombs one night, and I think somebody slipped something in one of them. And halfway home, I had to stop off at DP's apartment, knock on his window so he would let me in. And I was so messed up. I'm like, dude, I got to sit in the shower. I'm just, the only way. He's like, whatever you do, don't take a shower. So I waited for him to go to bed, and I just jumped in the shower. I passed out there about 4 in the morning. <laughs> PC Tunnyman. <laughs> this is probably good 16 years ago, 17 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. PC Tony turned into PG 13 Tony. Oh, dude. You don't even know. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the NFL draft. Joe Burrow, uh, Chase Young, Jeff Okuda, chalk right off the bat. Andrew Thomas ends up going to the Giants offensive lineman from Georgia. Then the Dolphins, they slicked everybody. They said, oh, maybe we want this guy. Maybe we want that guy. Maybe we want to trade. No, we wanted Tua all along. They took Tua. Justin Herbert goes to San Diego. I, oh, man, I'm interested to see what's going to happen with Herbert. If Tua stays healthy, he's going to be good, period. Joe Burrow, at worst, is going to be a top 12 quarterback in the NFL once he develops. From there, Isaiah Simmons gets rated a bad grade for the Cardinals picking him up at eight. I don't know. I mean, maybe because they traded up, but then we move down and Henry Ruggs is the first receiver off the board. That's kind of interesting, but at 13 Tampa Bay, I believe you guys traded up for this, right? Yes, we did with San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Tristan Wirfs, offensive lineman, Iowa. We've certainly seen them. They graded the pick of B. I think it's a great pick for you guys. You got to protect Brady. Your thoughts when the pick happened? I know we were just talking about Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but this is draft-related now. Did you want them to do something else? Are you happy with the pick? Oh, I'm 
very happy with the pick. Uh, They've had offensive lineman troubles for God knows how long, especially with the man sponsoring turnovers with Jameis. Uh, I I love the pick for an offensive tackle. He's I've seen a little bit of him. He's really good. I've also seen on the uh, on the social medias where there's actually a video of him doing a perfect box jump out of a swimming pool. So he's athletic. He's like 300 plus pounds, and he's that athletic. Yeah, I want him on my team. TP, you brought up Tom Tom Tom's immobility in the pocket. You know, this is a smart draft pick to move up with and and take somebody who's was rated one of if not the one of if not the best one of the top two tackles in the draft. Oh, absolutely. This is this is exactly what you need to do, right? You protect your guy, protect quarterback. You got like you guys mentioned, you got the you got other offensive weapons and wide receivers and tight ends and a plethora of running backs that. Who knows if they're going to be any good or not. And the defense is, you know, we are, I guess we're not 100% sure how good they could be, but this is the right move for, for you guys, especially to protect Tom Brady. Get out, that offensive line is where everything starts, so that's the best place to draft. As I move down the line here, two picks later, Jerry Judy to the Denver Broncos. This is a guy who personally I was hoping the Packers might trade up and try to get. I really wanted them to go up and get one of the top three receivers in this draft, uh, that being Ruggs, Judy, and Ayuk, I, I, uh, actually, Brandon Ayuk, who got taken right before they picked, and we'll talk about that shortly. After that, A.J. Terrell goes to the Atlanta Falcons, which is great at low, but that's a guy who's a playmaker and a big cornerback on a team for Atlanta who just needs help defensively overall. Anybody that can make plays – uh, and be consistent will help Atlanta Falcons. So I think that's a really good pick for them. At 17, this is what I got to before. I'm sorry I jumped the gun. It's something I wanted to make sure I covered. CeeDee Lamb. This guy is a playmaker. This guy does stuff on the field out of Oklahoma. He's going to Dallas. I feel like in Dallas we're going to see more three wide receiver sets with the Zeke in the backfield, kind of opening that up, maybe spreading it out more McCarthy style and having them single back running. I think you're going to see a lot of – old Green Bay formations with more um, shifts before the snap and different, more complex routes. I don't know. How do you guys feel about what looking like for Dallas, assuming Dak Prescott signs that one-year tenure on the franchise tape? Man, uh, you know, <laughs> McCarthy's getting more wide receiver weapons than he ever had in, in Green Bay. I mean, that's... Shit, ring the fucking bell. <laughs> like... I, the, 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 the trivia question this morning was, um, Aaron Rodgers is never, this isn't part of the trivia question, but this is just a preface to it. Aaron Rodgers never completed a pass as a starter to a first round pick tight end or wide receiver. Yeah, it's true. Who is the highest drafted receiver Rodgers has ever completed a pass to? Jeez, I don't even know. Sixth round? I'll guess sixth round. Do you know no, the answer? Who? Oh, yeah, I know Jordy, the Jordy answer. Nelson. Who is the person? That's Nelson. the correct answer. No, who he was is the four- person? He- yeah, it's Jordy Nelson. He was fourth in the second round. He was the 36th overall. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's like you said, I would have loved to see Green Bay go get somebody like this or, you know, get a wide receiver to get some help for for somebody like Aaron Rodgers. Because, yeah, McCarthy, you know, never had these types of weapons. Obviously, Prescott's a different quarterback than Rodgers. But, you know, like you said, a guy like I like that can get the job done on offense and with all these weapons that he's going to have having him 
you know, next to Cooper, next to uh, uh, Elliott, and a good off and a strong offensive line, they can do a lot of damage on offense. You won't see how their defense is, but that's a that's a hell of an offense to have going crazy. You know, if he let just lets it loose, it could it could be ridiculously good. Before I continue in the draft here, I'm going to put you guys on the spot. We got two more topics to talk about here in in the NFL draft. Um, brand new fantasy football league starting up next year. You're both in, right? Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. Uh, I don't know about that, dude. <laughs> I'll give you more. I'll give you. I'll give you more details later, DP. <laughs> oh boy, I'm careful with what I sign up for nowadays. I mean, Actually, which I'm is still fair. trying to cancel my Columbia Records Club deal. I'll I'll get you. We'll get you. We'll I'll get you back. We'll 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 talk. We'll talk. Uh, Blast Brothers com- compilation over there. I'm thinking. What's with the? Uh, you're joining your brother there, Yaramir Jagermeister. What's happening? What you mean by that? <laughs> I saw that bottle. Eh, I, I always have it near me. Come on. DB's, DB's trying to change the subject. All right, let's continue with the NFL draft. <laughs> Before we get to the thing I want to talk about, which was probably the most talked about thing of the draft, to be honest with you. Um, 32nd, last pick of the draft, Andy Reid goes... Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out of LSU. And this is a small bowling ball power runner that can catch the ball out of the backfield. More like the Kareem Hunt, but a little less like the Darwin Thompson who did, couldn't get the job done last year. You think of uh, LaShawn McCoy and who else has he had out there? Kareem Hunt. Um, you know, guys like that that Andy Reid has had that are so versatile. I think it's a great pick for Kansas City. Not like a Priest Holmes. He was a little bit bigger, right? Priest Holmes is a little bit bigger of a guy. Not like a well, Reed. Andy Reid wasn't coaching Kansas City at that time either. Oh, okay, that's true. I, I he loves mm-hmm. he loves those running backs, and those are the those are great guys mm-hmm. in that type of offense. When you have you know you have a strong running game, but you can switch it up, and that you could toss you know passes. Brian Westbrook. Brian, Brian Westbrook in Philly. Yep, yep. That's what I was thinking of. So I thought yeah. that was a very, very interesting pick. Um, let's talk about it. The pick of the draft. And it happens to be our team, DP. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is 36 years old. He has four years left on his contract. This year, Aaron Rodgers' base salary is $1.5 million with an $11.5 million signing bonus. Next year, Aaron Rodgers' contract base salary is $14.5 million with an $11.5 million signing bonus. After the 2021 regular season year, Packers have an out and would cost them $17 million in dead cap. But that next year, Rodgers' base salary bumps up to $25 million a year. So this has been my reaction overall since I've seen the pick is let's just see where Rodgers is at in two years because there's no reason for Jordan Love Especially with what's happening right now, there could not be an entire NFL season. There definitely is not going to be an entire preparation for an NFL season. So Jordan Love is already behind the eight ball for his first year of preparation. There's no reason Jordan Love isn't going to be content sitting for two years behind Aaron Rodgers. At that point, we see where Aaron Rodgers is at. I think that's the bottom line. And Jordan Love as well. Rodgers goes, yeah, I want to play like forever. I don't know. I think I'm still got it. And Packers go, no, well, then he's probably gone. 
they probably cut him, get rid of the salary. That compared to the loss, compared to what they're going to pay Jordan Love on the third year of his rookie contract, isn't really going to mean a whole hill of beans. Otherwise, you keep Rodgers, you trade Jordan Love. I don't know. The Packers have money. They have a legit asset in Jordan Love. They have a quarterback. No matter what happens, he's good. they're going to make him look good as a backup, et cetera, et cetera. So he's still going to have value down the line. Probably not a first-round pick, but in two years, if he looks ready and they want to stick with Rodgers, you're going to at least get a second in return. EP, you're the other Packers fan here. I'm okay with this. I think Rodgers is going to handle it like a true professional, and I think the Packers are going to go out tonight and get a receiver for him in the second round. That's just my thought on the whole thing. So why not trade higher up and get one of these other wide receivers that were coveted in this draft because you got a guy like Aaron Rodgers. I don't, you don't need to get a quarterback for him right now, especially if you're, if your plan and his plan is to stick around for four more years. Why we, I don't, why worry about that now? Why I want to, I want to win. I'd rather go out and win, get him. Like we said, he's never had wide receivers to throw to. He's never had, a first-round wide receiver that he's completed a pass to and the dra- that has been drafted. Draft a wide receiver. Get, you know, we have decent... Running backs are pretty decent. Offensive line, eh, you know, I don't know. Get, with defense, God, don't, God knows we need help on defense. Go get somebody that's going to help this offense at least. Get further. You were, you were, you got your ass handed to you by the Niners, but you were one game away from the Super Bowl, you know, why we don't need to think about who's going to replace Aaron Rodgers at this point. And I don't you know, understand if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, that's the end of, that's the end of things. And that's the way most teams are going to be that that's the end of things. But I don't feel like at this point we need to, we need to care about that. We need to care about what our offense looks like and who he's got to throw to when he's standing back there taking 15 seconds because he can't find a wide receiver open because our wide receivers can't get open he needs some help. He needs somebody to throw the ball to. I'm sorry. I just, I, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know much about Jordan Love and, you know, great. He could be a good draft. He could be a good guy to trade in two years. I don't want to wait two years. I want a guy, I want a guy now. What if Jordan Love ends up being a guy in his seventh season? He wins a Super Bowl for the Packers, just like Aaron Rodgers did. I think it was the seventh season. I'm not really sure. Sure. Maybe. Sixth. You want to take that Six. chance right now? Sorry. Were we happy when we had when we drafted Aaron Rodgers at twenty four and we had Brett Favre and we were all happy because Brett Favre was still our quarterback? We didn't know what Aaron Rodgers was going to be. I, I don't it. mind either pick. I think they're both. The, I think they're the same pick, and I think it's smart to be honest with you. It seemed like we were ready to move on from from Favre, and they want they had a plan to get rid of him. They got a plan to get rid of Aaron Rodgers, and we think this is the guy. Okay, but. I just don't see that happening. I'm not a Hall of Famer in Aaron Rodgers. I just, uh, I don't know. I'm saying at the most important position in the league, it's nice to have options. AJ, what are your thoughts on this whole thing, being an outsider of the Packer fandom? Because DP and I are, like, if we're booked for any time period of the year, it's the hours the Packers are playing. We're booked. I'm sorry. It's not, I'm not available when the Packers are playing 16 times a year for the regular season and playoffs. Bandwagon Nerds what? time recording is going to have to go to have to change. Sorry, brother. Oh, for football season that will change. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And I don't think, and I don't think, I think Dave and Patrick especially will understand. I mean, like you said, being outside the Packers fandom, I, 
it's not a bad idea to have someone learn under someone like Aaron Rodgers. He's, he's a good quarterback, don't get me wrong. My favorite quarterback of all time, though, is Brett Favre. So... <laughs> I knew so... you were on this show for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, what was it, like... 15 years ago, we did, you guys decided to get a guy named Aaron Rodgers, and three years after that, Favre announces his retirement, puts that kid in. I think Favre was around 35, 36 around that time, right? Favre was 35, Rodgers is 36. <sighs> Favre had talked about retirement a lot more than Rodgers, but Rodgers had recently said that. He knows his time will be up soon enough. Now, whether that means the end of this contract or not, I don't know. Uh, who, who knows? I'm, I'm just picking fun now where it's, you know, history repeating itself, it sounds like a little bit. But no, Jordan Love can definitely learn from Aaron Rodgers, even if it is an offseason. Even if it, we don't even have a season, he can still learn from him. Aaron Rodgers is one of the top quarterbacks today. And yes, that's coming from me, who has Tampa Bay, Tampa Brady, whatever you want to call it. I don't care. He is a great quarterback. Yes, I'm a little soured because, yes, I was a Brett Favre fan. But me being the smartass that I am, I'll say, nah, he's going to like move to like the Dolphins, teach Tua a little bit, and then get traded to the Lions. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Listen, no. Aaron Rodgers over the last two years has thrown for 8,400 yards, 51 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. Which is good. It's a whole hell of a lot less interceptions than my fucking quarterback last well, year. Aaron Rodgers has the greatest touchdown-interception ratio ever, so, yeah. I mean. he, he also has the greatest quarterback ratio, yeah. I, I think he's like 102.5 or something like that. Is it 102 now? It's up there. I know you mentioned Tom Brady is not the best quarterback ever. He's the greatest. In my opinion, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback ever. Joe Montana is the second greatest quarterback ever. But Tom Brady and Joe Montana, in my opinion, neither of them are the top three best quarterbacks of all time. Which, yeah, no, I'm not disagreeing with that. Last thoughts on the NFL draft, the Tampa Bay Gronkineers, A.J., uh, please, for the love of God, improve that offensive line. I kind of want a new ring. DP? Get us some offensive weapons, brother. <laughs> I think that's happening tonight. I think that's happening. I like it. I'm not going to go into what it means to be a Packer fan, considering I feel like it's harder to be a Packer fan than almost any other fan of any other team, considering how we're always there. We're just always there, so it's always... It's hard to quell your hopes, but your hopes always get crushed. So, anyway, yeah, I don't know. AJ, where can they find you on the social medias? They can find me on Twitter at ThePhenomenalAJB. That's where to find him, folks. He concentrates all his efforts right there. Yes. EP, what's crack lacking on your side? Oh, I'm all over the social media interwebs that it's me, DPP. Find the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash DWI podcast as well. And check it out on the Twitter at podcast DWI. You can find me at PC Tunny. Make sure you check out the Chair Shot Radio Network right there on the chairshot.com. Gentlemen, we did it again. That's episode 223. Um, 
before we get out of here, anybody have anything else they really, really want to say? Something funny? Something disappointing? I don't know. Anyone? Funny. Waka waka. Ring of Honor Trivia Night, April 30th. Check it out. Check oh. it out. What what should be what what's going on with that? Do you have more uh, info on that? All I know is our, our our friend of the show, the Beer City Bruiser, is going to be one of the one of the guests, along with a handful of other Ring of Honor superstars. They're talking, I think, history trivia of like Ring of Honor and stuff like that. And there's going to be some people that are going to be allowed to play with them. I'm not sure how you how you get that, but check it out. Just go online and look for it. Do you know uh, where that's airing at all, or no? Is it probably on the ROH? Uh, site i didn't see where it was there and i'm sorry well head to the ring of honor wrestling site <laughs> and check that out i'm sure they got that up there but uh yeah gentlemen that's all we got this week i hope everybody has enjoyed the show once again i hope that america can get back to normal when the time is right let's not rush it, people i'm pc tunny dpp ajb alphabet soup and you've been listening to another edition of the podcast known as T-W. How about Roger Goodell feeding into the booze? Virtual hugs. Yeah, it's great. Andy Reid was drinking too. <laughs>